This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches In the very early morning hours of April 1st, 2006, Brian Schaefer entered a bar in Columbus, Ohio. He never left. Today, we discuss Schaefer's mysterious disappearance, including the stories of those he was with that night, his father's desperate search for his lost son, and the police investigation, which included reviewing hundreds of hours of surveillance footage from all over the city. Still, they found nothing. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought I would begin today's show with an insensitive, callous joke about the tragic loss of the Titan submersible, stick around. I just want to assure you that I would never sink to that level. This is Necronomapod. One show already tonight. We're doing a double duty on a Friday night. Look at us. Hard workers. Impressive. It's very impressive. It's like a bang bang show. <laughs> Almost. I we should be given some kind of award, I think, at this point. Like working this late on a Friday night. What's I mean, what is it? It's 9 30 on a Friday. We're still in the office. Who else is doing that? Nobody. We're fucking out here banging out episodes. People demand it, Mike. The people demand it. And here we are, working at it on a Friday. Could be out the bar. Could be sleeping. Drinking beer, chasing <laughs> pussy. <laughs> well, Ian will be out at the bar. You can be in bed at 9.30. Tucked in. Have your warm glass of tea before you go to bed. Take out your dentures and get a good, good four or five hours. Well, no need to go that far. <laughs> I bought my teeth. <laughs> Dave, I will trade you one of these delicious Coors Lights for a peach high noon. I'm going to decline your offer. Been sitting here all night. He hasn't offered me a peach high noon. Been just looking at them. They look so delectable. Did you want one? Well, <laughs> I didn't want to make a thing of it. So now I don't. But it would have been nice, you know, a while ago. I'm sitting over here stuck drinking somebody's leftover Coors. Doesn't look very appetizing. It's, it's just not a good beer. It's really not. No. I mean, it's... I it's do okay. like it. It's 
it tastes better than Bud Light does. I've never yeah. been a Bud Light fan, yeah. but they're so way below Diet Miller's that it's not even close. Bud Light just doesn't taste good. No, it, it tastes just like not anything. A, it's just a scuzzy tasting beer. I would rather drink Natty or something like that over Bud Light. Like if someone was going to hand me a Bud Light or a Natty Light, I would take the Natty mm. Light. Yeah, because Natty Light tastes just like watered down, but it doesn't have a bad taste. Bud Light just always tastes scuzzier to me. It just doesn't taste like anything. That's how I think Natty is, though. That's how Natty seems to me. Mm. Whereas Bud Light, I think, does have like a... a like, I uh, couldn't like even recall taste. what a Natty Light tastes like, so I can't even... Um, yeah, I don't know. Wait Do we have a bottle of water in the room? I can show you. <laughs> I, would take, I would take Natty over Bush Light as well. I like Natty over Bush Light. And I like Natty over PBR. I like Natty the best of those three. I don't like PBR at all. I cannot stand that. Tastes like the real PBR. rust water. <laughs> I, I, and let's be clear: we're not wading into any debate here. We don't drink Bud Light not because we're assholes, but because it doesn't taste very good. No, that's why I'm saying so the taste. So we're clear here. I don't. Yeah, we I can't. Don't, <laughs> any other? I don't give a shit about any of the PR campaign. I'm not talking about any of that. <laughs> I think we've said on this show: Bud Light is just not a good beer. Their biggest PR nightmare should be the taste of their fucking <laughs> beer. Exactly right. Yeah. Like, fix that before we worry about anything else. I tried Bushlight Peach last weekend. Yeah? Don't recommend. Not sure why you would do that. Oh, I, I didn't know they were, they're making fruit flavors of bush. But it didn't even taste like beer. It tasted to me like peach juice. Like, it was straight up peach. I didn't taste like beer with a hint of peach, which probably wouldn't have been on either. Well, is it beer or is it uh, like a malt liquor? No, it's like I just bush light peach. Like it's supposed to be like a peach bush light, but I didn't get that. So I don't know. It wasn't hmm. peach high noon is the perfect mix of like that peach flavor, but yeah. you know you're drinking an alcohol. Yeah. The peach bush light, like after one, I was like, eh, I don't have to have any more ever again. I've seen that display at the store, and I'm like, yeah. no. But see, I did. That. Were they the ones that did the that. apple, the Bushlight app? I think I they know. did. That sounds worse. It wasn't though, at mm. least in my opinion. And I'm not a huge apple fan. I will take peach any day, but the Bushlight apple to me, because it tasted more like a beer, which is that hint of apple. Yeah. Whereas this, the Bushlight peach, tasted like straight up peach juice. Is it like know. a cider? It is just Bushlight peach. No, I mean like the the apple one. No, I think again, just bush light with an apple flavoring. So just pour like a little bit of apple juice in there. I guess, kind of whatever they did. <laughs> but it, but again, that at least I felt like I was drinking a beer. The, yeah. the bush light peach, I I felt like I was just drinking more of like a peach juice type thing. I don't recommend it, but I'm sure somebody out there's gonna be like, "Oh fuck, Mike, you even know what he's talking about? <laughs> bush light peach is delicious." <laughs> and I hate Bud Light for all the reasons they. Didn't mention. Yeah, you got to clarify why you don't like Bud Light nowadays. Yeah, I was well, sitting there, I I'm like, we've talked about Bush Bud Light a lot of times, yeah. though. We have a four-year track record. Yeah, I just don't want it to be mischaracterized. Sure. We're not being dickheads. It just mm. doesn't taste no. good. <laughs> I'm a long-standing hater of yeah. Bud Light. <laughs> I'm not one of those fucking newbie people who have no good reason to hate Bud Light. Yeah, I hated it for good reason before assholes started hating it. So. Yeah. yeah, and reason number one on my list, taste. <laughs> yeah. And there is no reason number two, because it all stops at taste. It's a shit beer. Yeah, I remember when that started happening. I'm like, oh, shit, are we going to have to support Bud Light now? 
I'm like, if you motherfuckers make me <laughs> yeah. start drinking Bud Fuck, Light, yeah. you know how right. goddamn Fucking pissed off Christ. I'm going to be? Now I got to go start drinking Bud Light just to stick it to him. <laughs> I'll do it. Don't make me do it, but I'll do it. <laughs> Fuck, I don't want to, but I will do it. <laughs> Start fucking doing ad reads for Bud Light now. <laughs> Not even paying us, but we're doing it. Keep throwing up while you, as you're <laughs> taking the swig and reading the ad. <laughs> uh, we we can't get away from tragic Ohio stories, can we? No, and this is considered like one of the top five missing persons cases in the country. Yeah, because it's just it's very hard to explain. It's like it's baffling. Yeah. Baffling, that's the word. I'm always a fan, and I've said it a hundred times, of the ones that are unsolved in the sense because it makes for good conversation for us. They're always very sad, obviously, because it's, it's a, they're always terrible stories. So I'm looking forward to, to dis- discussing this one, but I'll, I'll even start with ahead of time. Like After reading the notes, I was like, I, I don't have anything to discuss. Like I'm not sure I have a theory because like this is just like a poof kind of story. Yeah. At least based on like what the the initial like what I read in the notes are. I, I obviously I was not aware of the story. I had heard his name before, but I didn't know the story coming into this. Um but it's it, this is a wild story. I'm not sure at least at the start of this I have a theory at all in mind. Sometimes as we go through it and talk it out and you guys bring up points, I'll I'll think of something, but at, like starting off right now, I I have no theory at this point after reading the notes. Brian Schaefer was born on February 25th. 1979 in Pinkerington, Ohio, which is right outside of Columbus. He's the oldest of Randy and Renee Schaefer's kids. Brian had a younger brother named Derek. He got good grades in high school, and when he graduated in 1997, he went straight to Ohio State. After six years at Ohio State, Brian graduated with a degree in microbiology, which his mother was a microbiologist. He really looked up to his mom. Uh, and how it's reported is that they were really close. Mike's a micro penisologist. Is that <laughs> related in any way? It's very true. I can identify when someone has a small penis and then I mock them relentlessly for it while banging their wife with my throbbing 10 inch member. It's like x ray vision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you could spot a, a small dick guy a mile away. It's very easy. In 2004, he started studying at Ohio State's College of Medicine. While there, he started dating another medical student named Alexis Wagner, which according to friends and family, they were totally in love. So much so that in April of 2006, so which would be right after he disappeared, Brian and Alexis were going to Miami, Florida for a vacation. And it was everybody's understanding that Brian was probably going to propose to Alexis on that trip. Or at least that's how it's reported. There's, we'll talk about it later. Some debate on that, but okay, that's the initial reporting is that this was going to be you know, a trip to engage or to propose. Right. Good a place as any, Miami. I've been to Miami one time. Didn't like it. It's a little warm. Yeah, a little humid. I'll leave it at that. Go with it. It's too <laughs> a little warm. I don't want to offend the fine people of Miami. We have millions of listeners there, from what I've made up. also regarding this trip brian was super pumped to be going to miami he was real into like beach type vacation spots he always told people aside from being a doctor his real dream was to be in a successful jimmy buffett type band did he play any instruments i don't don't just like one of those dreams but like yeah 
I don't know if he played any insurance or not. I would like to be wasted away again in Margaritaville. Would you? Searching for my lost shaker of salt. <laughs> Without the Jimmy Buffett music, though. I could do some Jimmy Buffett music. <sighs> you hate Jimmy Buffett music, too? I do not like it. It's really bad. I have to be in the mood for it. It's not really bad. Well, didn't we have this debate? It's not Jimmy Brooks Buffett, and Dunn bad, Jimmy Buffett or the Beach not Boys? Great. I believe we talked about this during Manson about the Beach Boys. And Jimmy I don't Buffett like the Beach up. Boys. Mm. I could do Jimmy Buffett, but you have to be in the mood for it. But I like some Jimmy Buffett. Some. Like, I'm some not going to also silly. go out of my way to listen to it. But if it's at, like on the radio or something, I'm not going to. You don't get upset about it. No. I went to a Jimmy Buffett concert once. I don't remember. It was like a last minute thing. Maybe someone had an extra ticket or something. And I went. It was just like, like you were partying with all of your parents and their friends. Sure. Like yeah. just all these older people just smoking a drug or something. I don't know what they were doing. It was some kind of drugs of some sorts, probably people like just passing around beers and drinking them. Like it was, it was a wild time. It was mm. fun. Like it was, it was a great time, but I, I think I was the youngest one there by like yeah. 30 years. That sounds about right. Yeah. That was a good time though. I can get down with that. You know, in, in Margaritaville restaurants, they play like Jimmy Buffett concerts. I've asked them to change the channel before. Have you? <laughs> I've only been to one Jimmy Buffett concert. Oblige me. <laughs> I will say that I I think I like Landshark Lager better than Corona. Landshark's pretty good. Yeah. Have you had that one? It's like the their version of Corona. I like Modelo the best. Yeah, that's still way better. Yeah. We're Team Modelo, I think, in this. That's one thing we do with oh, yeah. Modelo. Still waiting on that sponsorship. Hi, Modelo. <laughs> we get Mrs. Hildebrandt to call them on behalf of us. <laughs> You probably could. Like 15 times a day. <laughs> Hello, Modelo. <laughs> this is marketing Mrs. Hildebrand. Can we get an ad campaign? <laughs> the only way Michael put it in my ass is if he gets to read a Modelo ad. I promise Miss Hildebrand that I will give it to her if she gets us that Modelo sponsorship. <laughs> that woman would be relentless. She would do it. Yeah. Hello, Modelo again. Mrs. Hildebrand <laughs> from the PR. From the PR. I'm the VP of the PR. Doesn't even say necro. Just not from the PR. No one knows what the call's about or anything. What about that ad? (laughs) I need anal for my double pod. So in March of 2006, Brian's mother died from a type of bone marrow cancer. It sounded like she passed away pretty soon after she was diagnosed. Um, Like we said, Brian was really close with his mom. But people close to him said that he was handling it well. Like He was obviously very upset, but no one felt that he would do something drastic or out of grief, like maybe run away and you know something mm-hmm. like that. On March 31st, 2006, so a few weeks after his mother passed away, classes at Ohio State ended for spring break, and Brian would be going to Miami with Alexis. That evening, Brian went out with his father, Randy, for a steak dinner at Outback Steakhouse to celebrate exams being over. Authentic Australian cuisine. <laughs> it's like you actually went to Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That blooming onion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blooming onion. <laughs> that place is awful. That's the only good thing on their menu, though, Ugh, the blooming onion. Terrible. That the blooming onion's not bad, though. Oh, onion. The fucking onion ring, of course. That's the, good. The, the sauce <laughs> yeah, is really yeah. good. I wouldn't recommend getting a steak there, though. Mm-mm. 
I can't think of the last time I went to an Outback Steakhouse. I've only I been there once. May, yeah, a handful of Not times. Good. Yeah, it wasn't great. Maybe. It was one of those things where I cut the dinner. I'm like, yeah, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> yeah. Why am I here right now? Like, if you go to one of those, don't get this. Get anything but the steak. Yeah. Get a French get, dip sandwich yeah, or the, something like that. Get the chicken or something. Yeah. Some shrimp. Yeah. Right? I do that. Like, if I go to Lone Star Steakhouse, they have great chicken tenders. So, I get, I get a steak. Look at you getting the chicken tendies. They're good. They're not bad. I like a good chicken tender. So, after they were done with dinner, Brian was planning to meet his friend, William Clint Florence, for some drinks. After Brian disappeared, Randy said that Brian seemed exhausted from his exams and his mother passing away. And Randy didn't love the idea of Brian going out drinking that night. In retrospect, he wished that he had voiced his concern, but at the time he didn't say anything, which I'm assuming is like a would have resulted in like a dad, I'll be okay kind of thing. I'm going to just go out for a little bit. I had a long month. I think I'm going to go get a little hammered. Yeah. And if you're Randy, like, of course you're going to do that. You're going to scrutinize every little thing that you've ever said to him. Yeah. You shouldn't from the outside looking in, like we know, like don't beat yourself up. Like you're not going to have stopped this, but I guess it's understandable in that situation. Like you're going to, he is going to beat himself up. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you're going to think about everything that you said that day. Right. It could have been, you know, changed something. Brian had an apartment on King Avenue, which was only half a mile away from Ohio State South Campus Gateway. The bar he and his friend Clint were going to was a 10-minute walk from his apartment, so he left his car in the parking lot of the apartment complex, and he walked to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Bonus points for whoever named that Saluna. It's pretty good. I'm a big fan. The Ugly Tuna Saluna. It's pretty good. Should we do a road trip to Columbus? This one's closed, I think. Well, yeah, there's closed. a couple. There's more though somewhere. <laughs> Fuck Columbus, then. <laughs> Cleveland declares war on Columbus. <laughs> I'm leading Cleveland the lost that war a long time ago. <laughs> I'm leading the troops right now. Let's go, <laughs> Declan. Get my buckshot. At 9:15 p.m., Brian got to the Ugly Tuna, where Clint was waiting for him. They stayed there for around two hours. Then they walked to the North Shore Tavern. At 11:40 p.m. They walked to Brothers Bar and Grill, where they met up with Clint's friend, Meredith Reed. I believe I've been to that Brothers Bar and Grill. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Reporting says that Brian wasn't a fan of Meredith. The way it sounds is that he didn't outright hate her or anything like that, but it sounded like a maybe a, oh, great, Meredith's coming. That's what people talk about me. Oh, great day is coming. <laughs> I get it. I don't ever say that, Well, but I'm not going to deny people don't say that. <laughs> You're not going to name names, though. <laughs> I would never rat Ian out like that. <laughs> they had a couple shots and then decided to go back to the Ugly Tuna. And I think an important thing with this case, too, is to kind of gauge the alcohol consumption going on because they're kind of doing a bar crawl. They're just kind of, you know, hopping around. Yeah. Um, Clinton said that they started off the night at the Ugly Tuna with four or five shots, and then it went from there. The other thing with the Ugly Tuna is that it's located inside of a multi-floor building. with There's restaurants and some shops in there and stuff. So you had to either take an escalator to the Ugly Tuna, or there was also an elevator. There were surveillance cameras everywhere in this area. So at 1.15 a.m., a camera picked up Brian, Clint, and Meredith riding up the escalator to the Ugly Tuna. 
they looked fine. Like they were having a normal conversation. Brian was leaning on the railing of the escalator, like with his back up against the wall kind of thing, just looking casual. Mike, at one fifteen, shouldn't you be at home eating an ugly tuna at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the night? It's happened. I I don't love it, but you know you can't really meet up with the couple and be like, all right, show me your pussy before I agree to anything. You just gotta fill in and hope for the best, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're the expert. You tell them us. That's just how it is. It's part of the game, I guess. I do have in my in the contract like there is like a uh, it's called it's called the wash surcharge. If anybody's not clean or unkept, mm. I can charge them extra after the fact. Really? Yes. <laughs> they have a credit card on file, like when you check into a hotel, like damages mm. and such. Unclean beaver upcharge. <laughs> well, we don't call it that because it's not sex. If the guy's dirty too, maybe he just he's a stank ass, and I can smell him from the corner of the room. Yeah. And it's killing my bone, or worse than evil Knievel. Yeah. I can charge him for that. <laughs> yeah. I try to be nice with that, though. You know, everyone's got something going on. It's an astonishing business model. It really is. It's really fascinating. Got to be careful. Sometimes you get, you know, those women that do, you know, working outside all day and, you know, get sweaty or hot or something. And you come home and it's like, well, I, I would prefer you washed. Also husband. and But if not, I'm going to charge you for damages. <laughs> Emotional and psychological damages to me. <laughs> You made me go down this road, Dave. You made me go down this. You backed me into a corner where I have to come up with something. So now I'm telling you. I'm just asking the questions people are wondering about, pal. I'm not sure anybody was wondering what kind of ugly tuna Spike is eating. Speaking of, I had tuna for dinner tonight. Me too. Um, These little packages of... uh, the, uh, was it star kiss tuna, but mm-hmm. they're like flavored now. I got like the Buffalo tuna. Oh. So I'll put that in a bowl with, um, like some Mayo mixed up and then just eat it with crackers. Delicious. That sounds good. They got jalapeno. They got garlic, Buffalo, a few different flavors. Really nice. good. Yeah. Mine was in sushi style tuna. Also good too. Well, spicy tuna is one of the, the best. So this, this yeah. was kind of like that, except it was just Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. I had a uh, Titanic roll at the sushi place tonight. It went down, mm. pretty, it went down pretty easy. <laughs> Pay your respects. Wait, wait till sunk it, it right down my throat. <laughs> wait till it implodes in your stomach. <laughs> Be hitting that toilet real quick. Once they were inside, they met up with two women that were friends of Clint. They had never met Brian before. That was Amber Ruick and Brighton Zatko. After Brian disappeared, Clint kind of dragged Brian through the dirt a bit. He called Brian a womanizer, all kinds of stuff regarding Brian's romantic relationships with women. Brian's family, of course, says that's not real. But what we do know for sure is that Brian was hitting on Brighton pretty hard that night. Brighton and other witnesses confirmed that Brian was all over her, kissing her neck and stuff, which she was into him. And at one point, Brian took her phone and added his number to her contacts. Brian's a good-looking kid, it should be noted. He is a very handsome guy. Yeah. It does not seem he would have any issues in that department. No. Uh-uh. Especially, and then on top of that, he's going to be a doctor. Right. Pussy magnet, I believe <laughs> is what it's called in, in your world, Mike. Perhaps. I'm going to have to Google him now and see what he looks like. So, I mean, I don't know. The, the Clinton guy, and we're going to obviously talk about it more. Um, it's a weird, the way he hammers him on the womanizer thing i find it weird 
to do that to your friend it's after an the odd fact. dynamic that you would do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I understand that angle. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know. I mean, Brian has had a pretty hard month, exams. He's clearly hammered. Yeah. So, I mean, chances are I'm not giving him a pass, but chances are maybe he wouldn't even remember parts of this yeah. night. At 1.55 a.m., Brian is seen on surveillance camera walking over the bar, talking to Amber and Brighton for a couple minutes. This was right by the escalator. Um, it's worth noting that there were two police officers stationed at that spot the entire night to make sure that nobody was acting like an asshole. So Brian talks to them for a couple minutes, then Amber and Brighton walk off camera. Brian stands there for a couple seconds, kind of looks around, maybe drunkenly sways a bit. It also looks to me like he looks at the police officers for a quick second, and then at that point he walks back into the bar, or off camera, presumably back into the bar, and that's the last time that anyone has ever seen Brian Schaefer again. Mm. He's definitely hammered. Yeah, and it, it when I watched it, I thought that it looked like he was maybe trying to cover a bit, like when he looked at the police officers, like, oh, shit, did they see me sway? Yeah, I'm like good. A, yeah. <laughs> and even when they walk, like, I've done that, too. I do that a lot when I'm super <laughs> fucked up at a party or something or hanging out with people, and everybody will walk inside, and I'm just kind of standing there for a second. I'm like, oh, why am I still yeah. standing here by Where'd myself? Where'd those girls go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why am I by myself? So, yeah, I think he was just really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Last call was at 2 a.m., but the Ugly Tuna stayed open until 2.30 a.m. According to Clinton Meredith, they finished their drinks and then went looking around the bar for Brian, but they couldn't find him. The Ugly Tuna was a small one-room bar, and the bathroom was a small one-stall bathroom. Clinton Meredith looked through the crowd of people as they left the bar, but there was no sign of Brian. Clint thought that Brian was probably in the bathroom, but there was no luck there either. At that point, they assumed Brian was outside. So, like, they just missed him walking out. So at 2.09 a.m., you can see Clinton Meredith going down the escalator. And when they got outside and still couldn't find Brian, they both called his phone numerous times. After a while, the most logical explanation they could come up with was that Brian walked home to his apartment and drunkenly didn't tell anyone. So we're brightening Amber out of the story at this point. They weren't helping to look for him. They just kind of... They were, they're gone, went back in the bar, did their own thing, kind yeah. of out of the picture. Yeah. What you would think is they went back into the bar. He, I, I, It seems like he didn't realize they went in, like we just talked about, that he looked at the cop, for like delayed for a second, and went back in. Presumably, he would have followed Brighton. In theory, yeah. In theory, wherever she went in the bar, he would have been right behind her, obviously. Yeah, because he's obviously trying to hook up with her. Yeah. Or did he, did he just miss her? Like, was she just gone? She maybe she like didn't. He couldn't find her. Right. If he's if he's that plastered too, like who knows? Yeah. There was also talk. Maybe one minute he's hitting on her. I'm sorry. No, you're good. The next minute he's thinking, "What what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm gonna get engaged next week." It could just be that mindset possibly. too. Like, possibly. You know, if he's that hammered, who knows what he's what he's thinking? Like, minute by minute, even. But it seems like that's what's missing here is. As soon as he went back into the bar, what was he doing? There was some talk of him wanting to talk to the band that was playing there that night. Mm-hmm. Trying to get them to come a Jimmy Buffett cover band. <laughs> yeah, like he, maybe he wanted to join up with them. You guys should lose this Zeppelin cover band stuff. <laughs> Play some Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Fans to the left. 
fins to the right. Early Saturday afternoon, so April 1st, 2006, Alexis tried to call Brian, but it went straight to voicemail. She assumed that he was sleeping off a hangover. She knew that he was going out with Clint. Alexis typically would have been with Brian, but after classes ended, she went to her parents' house in Toledo, Ohio. Then the plan was to drive back to Columbus on Sunday, April 2nd, and then fly to Miami with Brian on Monday, April 3rd. There's two ways I've seen this told online. One is that Alexis's childhood dog wasn't doing too good, so she drove home to see him one last time kind of thing. The other is that her and Brian got into a fight and she went home. Like their relationship wasn't as great as everybody, you know, claims it was. I don't know. Alexis has never said anything about them fighting or, you know, so I just, just go with her word on that. Some of it seems just like internet speculation. Going to have that with a story like this. Yeah. When Sunday morning rolled around and Alexis still couldn't get a hold of Brian, she called Clint. Then she called Brian's father, Randy, and told him that none of Brian's friends had seen him since Friday night into the early hours of Saturday morning, and his phone had been going straight to voicemail. Alexis told Randy that she was leaving Toledo, and she would go directly to Brian's apartment to check it out, and she would call him when she got there. It took her about two and a half hours to drive there, but once she got to the apartment, she found everything was in perfect order. The biggest red flag to Alexis was that Brian's glasses were sitting on the bookshelf that he always kept them on. If he was going anywhere for more than a day, he would have taken his glasses with him. I would he tra- have had him at the bar with him? I don't know. I was trying to find if he wore contacts or anything. Like, how important mm. were the glasses? Did he have them on on the surveillance footage? I don't think so. I mean, you can't tell on the surveillance footage. But if, it also said he would have taken them if it was gone for more than a day. Yeah. If it's just one night out. Not just reading glass, but reading glasses or? It's just. It's all it's, he says glasses. He has wireframe glasses. He didn't have them on in those pictures we just looked at. No. But some no pictures photos. he does. That's why I wonder if he has contacts or yeah. if there's sometimes you okay, need so them. Okay, so that's not necessarily anything. It was a red flag to her. Yeah. But not necessarily but again, a red flag just going to the bar for that. Going them. to the yeah. bar, but a red flag in the sense of he didn't premeditate like leaving right. in her mind. Right. Then Brian's younger brother, Derek, walked into the apartment. Randy had sent him over to help Alexis find out what was going on. Derek told Alexis the last time that he talked to Brian was Friday night that Brian was trying to get him to go out for drinks, but Derek already had plans with his girlfriend and didn't go out with him. Necronomapod is sponsored by BetterHelp. Take a second to think about how much time you spend on yourself in a given week. Now compare that to the time you spend on others. It's easy, isn't it? To get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. Meanwhile, you're never taking a moment to think about your own needs. Getting that late night call from a distressed friend, taking care of a sick child, or helping coworkers who are slammed with work. Assisting the people around us is important. But when we all spend our, all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy is all about giving your mental health the self-care it deserves, because sometimes we don't set aside enough time to focus on improving ourselves, being too busy focusing on improving those around us. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey to better balance in your life from wherever you are. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, 
and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Necro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Randy's next door neighbor was a police officer. So Randy went over there to tell her about Brian, like uh, ask for advice, what should I do? She told Randy to report Brian is missing, but she warned him that because Brian was an adult, they were going to say they needed to wait 48 hours before they would consider him a missing person. So that's Ra- less time than for uh gosh, right? Wasn't that yeah, 72 that's hours? Right. That's right. So Randy reported Brian is missing and the police said, just wait 48 hours. Like his neighbor <laughs> told him, but Randy decided, you know, he wasn't going to wait around. Randy, his police officer, neighbor, Alexis and Derek started searching on their own Sunday night. They went to the ugly tuna, checked in all the dumpsters that they could find in the area and called places like hospitals, jails, no luck. The only thing police could go off of was the surveillance footage from the cameras around the ugly tuna. Which interesting detail, Columbus has the most surveillance cameras of anywhere in Ohio. They have more than Cleveland, Dayton, mm. and Cincinnati combined. Well, in all fairness, Dayton can't afford cameras. And Cincinnati's <laughs> really Kentucky, so <laughs> it's us versus Columbus. <laughs> police went through hundreds of hours of tape and all they found was what we already talked about. But there's enough out there that they were able to kind of watch him walk. You know, they caught him on the courtyard walking through back to the ugly tuna. Like, there's a good trail of where he was that night. Yeah. Police were able to account for everyone coming in and out of the ugly tuna and other establishments in that building. They would watch people come in, go, except for Brian. There isn't another sighting of him besides him walking off of camera towards the entrance of the Ugly Tuna at 1.55 a.m., which is so mind-boggling that he walked off a camera at 1.55, and then Clinton Meredith were seen going down the escalator at 2.09 a.m. 14 minutes. 14 minutes, he walked into this one-room bar, and he's just gone. He's just disappeared like the bar swallowed him whole. It's not a big place. And when, so after the surveillance footage, nobody that they spoke to remember seeing him come back into the bar at that time. No, they taught. Yeah. Yeah. Not that he didn't. Right. Cause if you're a stranger, you wouldn't think anything of it, but nobody remembers specifically seeing him. Right. No. Which is so strange because just based on the activity that we talked about a few minutes ago, he's making a beeline for this Brighton girl, right? You would think. You would think. That would be the safe assumption to make. Unless, like, you know, he had a pee, so he's making a beeline then for the bathroom. Yeah, I suppose. There's also. Or if he was cut off by somebody who maybe did something to him. There's some rumors about him and Clint fighting an argument between those two. 
But wouldn't during this 14 minute time frame, wouldn't somebody have seen or heard that like an argument between people in a bar, you're going to see or notice it might. I don't know if it was a like knockdown drag out type argument where other people would notice besides who was the other girl with Clint Meredith. And she had said nothing of that. So they're claiming they didn't see him between the time he walked back into the bar and the time they left. Right. And I'm just thinking if Clint, if we're assuming, if we're going to, assume that clint was a suspect though what did meredith see did she see anything she says no nobody says saw no. him again nobody saw him. they were finishing their drinks i'm like oh we should probably find him last call yeah couldn't find him yeah i mean at this point even too and we'll get into it more i'm sure i i don't even in my mind clint is not a suspect it's just we're looking for anything we can grab onto and so we're 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 He's the easiest to pinpoint, in my opinion. It always goes to the person that is the last one to be seen with somebody, you know. Right. Like, imagine if we were at the bar and then one of us disappeared, and then all of a sudden the other two are now suspects. Like, yeah. it's just not like. Like, if I didn't show up at home tonight, the police would talk to you guys and be like, okay, so what did you do yeah. with your business partner? Yeah. Well, we'd, right. be like, we'd be like, well, check backyards because he probably fell in mud. Yeah. Do you see any? Has anyone left any sponges out? <laughs> Start there, officers, before you accuse me, right. dickwad. Well, and I think <laughs> Officer dickwad. Clint's going to get a bad rap here, I think, because of what we're going to talk about. And that's what I'm saying. In a few minutes. But I mean, part even of at it. this point, like yeah. even the fact that he came out and spoke about, oh, he was a womanizer. We're looking for anything. That's not a clue that he did anything to his friend, in my opinion. We're just looking for anything to, to pinpoint somebody. And I'm not saying us, I'm saying in general. So I still, even hearing that, I'm like, I, I don't buy that Clint had anything to do with this. I don't know why he would have said that stuff, but I really don't see a connection between him saying that yeah. and, and him trying to cover anything up, in my opinion. Aside from the front door to the Ugly Tuna, there was only one other exit, which was kind of like a fire escape that led out to a construction site. But there was no evidence that Brian had gone out that way. There's not a surveillance camera on that door specifically, but there are surveillance cameras on other establishments that could see that okay. construct could see like could see that door. So yeah, basically, if Brian walked out that door, he would have been caught on one of those other cameras. Right. They took cadaver dogs to the ugly tuna and the construction site. They didn't hit on anything. There's no way that. Brian could have been put into the walls of the of the building, you know, something like that, because there were you hear a lot of people saying that. Yeah, but they're concrete walls, so that's yeah. not possible. There was a guy in an orange sweater that was seen on camera on the surveillance camera, going in and out of the bar, over and over, like six or seven times throughout the night, up the escalator, mm. into the ugly tuna, back down, even to the point where when Meredith and Clint walk out. And they're going down the escalator at 2.09 a.m. The guy in the orange sweater was behind them. Hmm. So police are like, we need to talk to this orange sweater guy. Look here, orange sweater guy. <laughs> First off, why are you wearing an orange sweater? Uh, it turned out that he was a taxi driver, like an Uber type thing. Oh, and he okay. was just taking Poor people. Poor fucking guy's just trying to make a living. But it does look weird. After a while, you just see this guy coming in. And then the fact that he's right behind Clint and Meredith. 
What is an Uber driver doing going up and down the escalator? Was it even though? Uber, though, in 06? Was Uber around? No. Not a taxi driver. No. Yeah, he was a taxi driver. But even yeah. then, if he's going up and down, unless you see him walk out with a big fucking hockey bag with maybe a body in it, what, is, what does it matter? No. Like, <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, it's weird, but you can't. At least got to talk to him. Where is the body? Show me the body. <laughs> Well, you need to talk to him. I agree. I, yeah, at you know, least talk to clear him. him. Of yeah. course. Absolutely. You should be trying to talk to every single person that was in the bar. Yeah. Especially the bartenders, too, who were serving everyone and you would think would be the sober ones in there. Yeah, I think I, I can see where you're like, okay, this is weird. This guy keeps leaving. But then when he's right behind Meredith and, and that's just coincidence on his point. He just walked behind you know, bad if luck walking behind and, them. If you're leaving and coming and going long enough, you're going to be behind some people at some point. Well, what the right? fuck is a taxi driver going up and on the escalator, though? Like, I still don't understand what he was doing. I don't know if he was going up to tell people, like, hey, I'm here. Or, <laughs> or like, what? I don't know what he was doing. Mm. But or to, to plug his business. Like, they said that he was, the police said that he's a taxi driver. They were able to clear him. He had nothing to do with it. Mm. But again, if you're not leaving with any kind of body... I, I don't, I don't, All right. still unusual though. It is unusual, but the biggest thing is like Robert De Niro was a taxi driver too. And he was up to some stuff. He was, <laughs> but he only killed the bad guys in the end. <laughs> like it, if that taxi driver was involved, there would more people involved then because something happened to, to Brian's body. You would think because it's not That's fair. It's yeah. going to either be hidden somewhere or taken out. We'll get to I don't know. I'm jumping ahead. Police turned to those close to Brian, specifically people that he was with the night that he disappeared. Everyone gave interviews with the details we've covered. Police asked if everyone would take a polygraph test, and everyone agreed except for Clint. Clint gave his interview to the police, and then he got a lawyer and refused to take the polygraph test, which that's perfectly fine. Good on him. We always say that. Yeah, there's no point in taking one. Absolutely. I think that's why he gets shit in this story a lot, because people view that as suspicious, but it's not. You absolutely should never take a polygraph test. When the intent of giving you the polygraph test is only to find guilt, not to clear you, then you should absolutely you shouldn't be taking it. And that's what they're for. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's junk just, science to right. lean on you and oh, you failed the polygraph. Uh you sure you don't want to talk about this? It's it's meaningless. Yeah. And I think there, that is people, a lot of people's suspicion, like, first goes off with that. Yeah, of um, That's just unfair. I would it, never take a polygraph test. No. Never. Where I get a little suspicious of Clint is how he just flat out refuses to help the case or talk about the case. But, you know, he did the, said the womanizing thing. And then after that, just shut down. I find that weird. I find that odd. Like if one of you guys disappeared and I was cleared, like the police said, the police have come out and they said Clinton is not a suspect in yeah. this case. I would be advocating to try and find one of you guys. Is he less of a friend? Were they more acquaintances than friends? I've or seen it, buddies than close friends. I've seen it close friends. Hmm. That could be internet, you know. Sure, it's not accurate, but it is weird. Maybe he's just an asshole. But it also could be it's like true. maybe maybe one of the cops was you know said something to him that led him to believe that he was going to be targeted and it scared him, and he was like, "Sure, sure, this. I'm I want nothing to do with this. I'm terrified. I know I'm innocent. I gave my statement. I'm out." 
or his lawyer told him have absolutely no more involvement in this. You told them Maybe. everything you know. Nothing good can come from you being involved in this any further. And yeah. I said that I would advocate like to find you guys. Yeah, if a lawyer like really sternly told me to shut up and do not talk about this right. again or you're going to The cops know, are looking at you. You're yeah. not doing yourself any favors by involving yourself in this anymore don't say another word wow thanks guys you're real go down with the shift type fans aren't you <laughs> good to know okay <laughs> his lawyer is like look coked up taxi driver in the orange sweater got off they're not looking at you shut the fuck up this guy's running a decathlon over here up and down the steps but they still think it's you look that's what my lawyer tells me to shut up then i'm shutting up yeah yeah again i, I don't know you're going to look for anything and any reason to try to find somebody. It is weird. I, I agree with I agree with what you were saying, Ian. Like, if they're close friends, you would think he'd want to do everything he can. It's not a smoking gun by any means. No. It's not anything like that. It doesn't make him look good, though, too, when Meredith took the polygraph test. She agreed to things. She didn't just, like, shut down and refuse to speak about this at all. I think that adds to it a bit. Like, well, if she's willing to, why aren't you? The it, police probably what? weren't pressing Meredith. They're saying things like, uh, you sure you didn't? Whatever they say right. to people, they weren't pressing Meredith like that. They weren't assuming or, or suspecting her of killing him or being involved in whatever happened. And she was with um, Clint all night. Did they ever ask her or question her about like any reason to like, she was she was kind of giving the same uh like did they give her if she was saying she was with Clint all night at, at the ugly like do her statements lead them to believe that Clint did anything out of the ordinary or any reason to think that Clint might have done something he's not a suspect the police they openly say that he's just he's not a suspect they they have cleared him they wish he would talk more but yeah he's so not everything Meredith says kind of essentially lines up with what Clint initially said. Right. Okay. After about a month with no leads, Randy turned to the Olentangy River. The river was a little less than a mile away from Brian's apartment, and the thought was that if Brian made it back to his apartment and someone killed him there, like maybe something happened in the parking lot of his apartment complex, maybe they dumped his body in the river. However, they didn't find anything that could lead them to Brian. Can you imagine being a dad and like, no, that's where your mindset is? Yeah. Like, oh, well, if he was killed, then this is where he would be. Sure. Which is just crazy to think about. Did he have a pretty good relationship with his dad? By, Sounds like by it. By all yeah. accounts. Mm -hmm. Pretty close. Yeah. 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 They obviously all just went through some shared trauma when his when his mother passed away. Yeah. It's just like nightmare scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your wife dies. Then a couple weeks later, your son goes missing. Sure. Alexis took Brian's disappearance really hard, and every night before bed, she would call Brian's cell phone, hoping that he would answer. Six months after Brian's disappearance, Alexis made her nightly call, but this time it didn't go to voicemail. It rang through, which I can't even imagine, like, the punch in the gut feeling that must have been. I would probably get scared and throw my phone <laughs> sure, or something, sure. you know? Like, that was my initial thought was, like, I was scared, but when you're wanting them to answer what kind of like false hope does that give you well that's what this like, gives is that hope that he is out there right somewhere. like that's it's 
from her standpoint, it probably wasn't scary. It was like a, holy fuck, what is happening here? Is, is he going to answer the phone? Like each ring, you're like waiting for that pickup. So it's, I don't know, it's almost like another, like you lose him again type thing. Like for a second, you have that, that brief Momentarily, hope, sure. And yeah. then it's like, nope, and then it's gone again. She notified the police, um, and the police contacted Singular, who said that it pinged off a tower in Hilliard, Ohio, which is 15 minutes outside of Columbus. Singular said that even though the phone rang through and it pinged, it was a glitch in their system. They confirmed that by, you know, showing the cell phone data and everything on that on that phone that there was nothing there was no activity on that cell phone at all they never found the phone right and there was nothing there was no activity on there there's always these weird things that happen in cases like that that just add to the i don't know the overall like something strangeness that probably happens of the case. a thousand times a day yes but because you're focusing just, on this case it's amplified you're like well sure. what is that yeah like the fact that we're talking about singular Jesus yes. Christ! Like singular wire. <laughs> wow! I see that orange splat like yeah. that logo. They had the coolest race cars when they were in NASCAR. This is these black and orange, like bright, cool looking yeah. cars. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I never had singular though. I was Altel and then Verizon. I never had singular. No, I didn't either. Didn't Verizon bought Altel? Right? I believe they did. I don't know. That's what I. That was my. That's the only two companies I've ever had. I had T-Mobile going way back. And then what Verizon now? Yeah, it's the worst. Doesn't work anywhere. Aren't they all the shits though? Like <clears throat> it's terrible. Who do you, what do you have? Verizon. Yeah. Fuckers. It's terrible. Fuck you, Verizon. <laughs> I'm not getting a Verizon uh, sponsorship tonight. But there's a there's a lot of these stories we talk where there's just this odd and I, I just hate even the word coincidence. But there's odd coincidences. You don't that believe happen. in coincidences though, Dave. That's what well. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> it just it just adds to the to oddness of these stories. Yeah. Or like but, the, but you have to think it's not a coincidence because that does happen all the time, probably with phones. It must. Like when I call you and it goes right to voicemail by like some kind of just little incident or whatever. Yeah. Or like it'll ring and ring and ring and then you'll say, no, I never got a call. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. But not even related just to cell phones, just odd coincidences in these stories that just seem to exasper, um, exacerbate the, the, I don't know, the story, like the weirdness yeah. to the yeah. story. Like the Chris Benoit, I don't know why this comes to mind, but the Chris Benoit story where like the Wikipedia post or, or whatever it was. I was going to get to that like later on this one. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. The Chris when Benoit stuff like that happens. Go listen in the archives. First of all, pause right now and go listen. Shame on you for not listening. If you did listen, then congratulations. You probably remember that when he didn't show up to a pay-per-view that Sunday night, somebody updated his Wikipedia page to say he had passed away. Yeah. And I believe they even mentioned his wife and kid passed away or were sick. It was pretty specific. It didn't say murder or anything like that. No. Just that they had passed away. And then it came out. It's murder. <laughs> no. You know who does mention murder? Ja Rule. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Rule. It was not murder that they murder. listed. He disagrees. <laughs> um, and then it didn't come out to the next day that, that Benoit, nobody knew they were even dead, yeah. let alone the murder that happened, but it was a post on. And, and that Wikipedia post was uh, 
in Stamford, Connecticut, right. which the, is the headquarters of WWE. Like stuff like that doesn't happen. That's very it, odd. It, they said it, but it was, was a kid in his basement fucking it was around. Cleared, yeah, and the kid admitted to it, which is just weird. Yeah. Or did they find some kid to admit it and they right. paid him? Patsy. Or but the, what's the point, <laughs> no, I though? Know. Like, if we were on that route, like, what is the point of WWE even doing that? What are the mathematical possibilities that that you know, would happen on the, at that exact time? I agree. Like, it's that's really crazy. Yeah. yeah. And this gives you the thought, too, with Singular being an older cell phone company and they're not around anymore. Is Singular wrong? Like, are they wrong in their data? Yeah, who knows? But in 06, they were big name. Like, they yeah. were they were not, like, a small-time pr- pr- company. Either. Right. Yeah. So you would you would imagine that their, their shit was legit. But you could think, like... I don't know. I don't think anyone's word for anything anymore. Like but you so could what think do you that, mean? Like, you think they were... Hi- Singular was hiding something, maybe? Not hiding it. I just think there's a lot of incompetence in every facet of... Our lives. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not. Arguing I'm not that. sure that sure, I just take people's word for it. Like, oh, yeah, it happens. Uh, it's just a ping. Uh, it's a glitch in our system. Uh, it's a glitch. Because yeah. if someone can't explain something, they're like, oh, it's a, it's a glitch. They don't want to answer subpoenas. They don't want to whatever. Oh, a glitch. But, uh, we saw that the other day. Yeah, it happens all the time. I don't know. But is that also just us again looking for anything when you're scrutinizing this? To be like, oh, maybe they're lying. Like that one time she called, whoever killed Brian, or if Brian ran away, had the cell phone on, and and she snuck through. I don't know. Or are we just like, because we're looking for any single thing in this, that we're like, oh, that might be the thing. That's fair. Or he still had that phone on him, and that he accidentally had it on for a second. Because there's a lot of people that think that he just ran away and started That's another right. life, which we'll get into. But if you were doing that, why would you just like throw the phone in the fucking ocean? Like at that point, why even have that phone still on you? He's fucked up. Not an expert in, you know. Maybe. Maybe it's but this was six parent. months later. Maybe it's that yeah. last hope of like just in case I want to go back, I turn this thing on. Who knows, huh? Yeah. Or who or someone could have killed him and that phone could have been in a pawn shop, right? Like, who knows? Yeah, the ping was in Hilliard, which is 15 minutes outside of Columbus. It's not far away from the suburb that he grew up in. Because, again, we if, if he if he ran off, he had to get out of that bar. Yeah. The only legal process that ever happened in this case was that Clint was subpoenaed to testify in front of a grand jury, uh, like recount the night for them. Clint's lawyer, Neil Rosenberg, shut that down. Somehow, I don't, I'm not sure how he did that, but the grand jury just never happened. This is a fucking hell of an attorney, by the way. Can we get his name well, just yeah. in case? What are you paneling a grand jury for? For for what purpose? There's no... Know. Well, especially if this guy wasn't on the... If police were telling him he's not on the hook. The, then I'm, why is he being called in front of a grand jury? Like, what's the point of the grand jury? To There's nothing to... So there was a kind of an extended interview with the police about this. Like, they talked to... I can't remember what news organization they talked to. And they said that he was not a suspect, but they did say that they put together a grand jury and his lawyer spoke with the prosecutors and stuff, and it just never happened. But that was scheduled to take place. Mm. But his law- Clint's lawyer put a stop to it. For To have a grand jury, though, wouldn't the prosecution then have to have had evidence of something? 
Yeah, that's, what is that's there what I mean. evidence the grand of jury for any like even if we're not if we're not including Clint in any of that? What evidence did they have to get a grand jury? What was the point of it? There's right. No what, like, what are There's you going no body? Exactly. There's no nothing. You clearly, if you're the prosecution, you have an, a motive, an end game. Hmm. I think Clint's absolutely right not to testify in front of the grand jury. Then. Which makes me think maybe he was more targeted than than we than people, the police let on or the authorities let on. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was like, fuck this. I'm out of it. Which, in my opinion, would be my reaction if I was innocent. I'd be like, the less you say, the better. Get the fuck away from this because they're looking at you as, as a possible. Suspect. Yeah, if your attorney gets the uh, gets the the feeling that they're trying to railroad you and they have you know ulterior motives and they're kind of looking at you for this, then of course, anything more you say, they're going to try to twist against yeah. you. Yeah, I agree. Randy was taking Brian's disappearance really hard as well. I saw a lot of news articles that called him. Uh, they used the word relentless. They used the word relentless a lot with him trying to find Brian, which that included in, which that included him being taken advantage of by people. Which that happens so much in these stories. Yeah, it does. A psychic told Randy that Brian was in water near a concrete bridge post. So Randy went out and bought the equipment he needed to stay weeks out on water looking for Brian. At one point, he fell into the river and almost drowned, all because some asshole psychic told him that, you know, Brian was in water and they wanted to make a name for themselves. As wanna, long as there's people like Dave keeping psychics in business, <laughs> this is going to happen. I like to punch all psychics in their fucking face. This bullshit. I don't like psychiatrists either, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> They're always telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> This wasn't the only occurrence of psychics or people reporting hoax tips. Randy followed up on all of them until he died on September 14th, 2008. There's some really specific hoaxes. Like people put tips into the police and to him specifically. Like really graphic things. Like uh, he got into a fight with these guys. They killed him, shot him in his head. And it just turns out to be a hoax, but these people Mm. are very specific with it. And because that's what could have happened. Yeah. man. I just don't know. I don't understand the mindset around making up something like that to a grieving person. People are assholes. That's just a, that's one trying to make money. That's a crazy level of being an asshole. It is. It really is. Some people are just cruel. Yeah. So, yeah, Randy died on September 14th, 2008. That day, there was a severe storm blowing through Ohio. Randy went out to his shed to get some stuff to prepare for the storm. And as he was walking back to his house, a neighbor's tree fell down on top of Randy, killing him instantly. That's fucked up. Is there some bad karma around this family or what? Like, that's a a lot of misfortune in one family. I feel terrible for Derek. He lost his whole family. Yeah, he's the only one left. This is awful. What an awful story. Randy's obituary and, and funeral service information were posted online by the funeral home, and friends and family were able to comment um, in like one of those online guest book type yeah, things. Yeah. A few days after Randy died, someone posted, quote, Dad, I love you, Brian. And their location was tagged as the U.S. Virgin Islands, which that theory had been brought up because he was into this, the whole jimmy buffett thing like that was a shoot like he was really fucking into tropical vacations and stuff um you assume if he ran away that's where he would be yeah 
the police looked into the comment and it found that it was someone being a piece of shit from a public computer in Franklin, Ohio. This is where I was going to bring up the whole Chris Benoit oh, thing, man. Dave, that you, you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Wikipedia page and Stamford and all that shit, except that was before the tragedy was discovered. This is well after, and it's just a douchebag an prank, yeah. Also, do it from a VPN, you dumb fuck. If yeah, you're not the to library. an actual prank, idiot. Yeah, who goes to the library to... Want to be anonymous on the internet. Maybe that's how they thought they were going to throw them off. Like, I'm going to go to the library where it's public computers. They don't have cameras. Well, I guess. You can't trace it back to your IP at home. So if you're just trying to avoid detection, yeah, if you're trying to make it legit. Like, do they not have just, like, cameras that, like, show who's on the computer at that time? (laughs) Like, Yeah, probably. They probably do in in the, I would imagine so. I don't really know how it works. But back in the day, you used to have to, like, sign, sign up for, like, you get 15 minutes at this computer. And then you would go sit and download your porn and then go about your day. Did they have, didn't they have a guy who was like busted watching jerking off at porn at your, the public library in your hometown? Strongsville? Yeah. I don't know. No, maybe. That sounds familiar. Mean, it's, I don't know if it sounds familiar or just sounds like, oh yeah, I'm for, for sure that probably happened. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This weirdo is probably doing that. I get it. Yeah, you like, I don't get it, but I mean, I, I, that makes sense. Oh, you get it. <laughs> I've seen videos. I've never needed porn in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Where people are sitting behind somebody watching porn in like a library Isn't or somewhere. That the in public, weirdest and they thing. Like, yeah, and like someone like videotapes them doing it. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Like, <laughs> it's super weird. Hey, could you picture yourself sitting in a public <laughs> library? <laughs> where no. like a, an eight-year-old girl could walk behind you and you're watching right. porn. No, seriously. No. I, I, I couldn't. It's fucking weird. I would be banging that eight-year-old girl's mom in the bathroom <laughs> while she was walking around the library, but I wouldn't certainly be sitting there looking at porn. That's also a true story, by the way. <laughs> you know, when I pull that clip, the, the mom part's not going to be included. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's, a, that's that sentence structure. <laughs> that's going to be a good one. <laughs> that clip's going to make a comeback real soon. <laughs> For context, I was nine years old and I was banging. <laughs> Lost my virginity at six. So that's kind of it for the investigation into Brian's disappearance. His brother's been very vocal in trying to find his brother and what happened to him. Um, other than that, everything's just kind of theories and debates, which one of the biggest ones is that Brian left to start a new life. You know, I don't know. It, it, the stress of his mother dying was that that mixed with the stress of becoming a doctor, all those exams and maybe his relationship was Rocky and he just took off. If you're, if he was close with his dad, like that's, that's a stretch to be able to do that to your pops like that. The thing about him starting a new life that doesn't make sense to me is that there's planning that would have to go into that. I don't think that's something that you would do at one fifty-five a.m. when you're fucking blackout drunk. That's not your escape plan. <laughs> right. Yeah, that doesn't really fit. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, if yeah. he just disappeared or some, under some different circumstances, maybe. Yeah. But if you're trying to accomplish something like that, 
You wouldn't do it at 2 a.m. when you're drunk. Because you'd have to execute your plan then at 2 in the morning. You're stumbling drunk. Right. It just decreases your chances of being successful. Like you'll just trip and hit your head off the ground and like the plan's just done, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, 20 minutes in, you're going to make it to the local. Yeah. Circle it doesn't really track at all. I don't buy that theory at all, that the whole new life thing. No. I discount that part. That's possible. Angie was watching something on Netflix about a woman that people thought was dead for sure, and she just took off and started a new life. Like, yeah. that does happen. It's a shit face, though. Right. Yeah. It's possible for sure. I, I agree. It's very possible. I don't, for this case, I, just, I don't buy that. Yeah. Clint obviously believes Brian is still alive as well, or at least that's what his lawyer believes. Shortly after Randy died, Clint's lawyer, Neil Rosenberg, reached out to a PI that was working for Randy. Rosenberg said that Clint would never take a polygraph test and he won't talk about the case ever again. Rosenberg wrote, quote, If Brian is alive, which is what I am led to believe after speaking with one of the detectives involved, then it is Brian, not Clint, who is causing his family pain and hardship. Brian should come forward and end this. Clint did not have anything to hide. He had merely told everything he knew from the beginning and did not see the value in doing so again. Mm. I don't know what he's talking about with that because the police, you know, publicly the police have said they don't think that he went on to start a new life, that he, something happened to him, probably foul play. I mean, privately, some detective has a different opinion. Yeah. It's aggressive words from the attorney, but it's also just attorney protecting his client. That's the thing that is... Mm -hmm. You can look at it both ways. Definitely protection, because we've all said we'll never take a polygraph test, all that kind of stuff. But if you just want to throw that out and just be suspicious, like why is he being so aggressive about this? Why won't he ever even speak Brian's name? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the police leaning on him in the initial phase of this might have resulted in that. Scared him. Yeah. That's what I keep going. And it'd be the same to. for me if they if you're just you're trying to be helpful. Tell them what happened when you were out drinking with your pal the other night, and they start laying it on you. you you're you the know. last one to see him. You know yeah. something. I'm like I'm done. Then I'm not talking to you anymore. I completely understand that. I keep going back to I think what some of the police led Clint to believe he was a suspect more than the police led on publicly. And he probably told his attorney that. And his attorney's like, no, yeah. fuck that. If they stepped on him hard like that and his attorney said, don't ever talk to him again, then I completely think that's justified. I, I don't see a plausible theory for Clint physically harming Brian and doing something like murdering him or anything like that. I don't know how he would accomplish like, what's that. What's the yeah, scenario how, where that took place? Uh, yeah, right. like I keep going back to the bar. There is no evidence of anything. Yeah. Somebody would have seen a murder happen. Somebody would have seen someone fall to the ground if they were drugged. Somebody would have seen something. So Brian, Brian's brother, Derek, and Alexis, they both feel that Clint is withholding something. They're not saying that he killed Brian or hurt mm. him. They just feel that he knows more than he's letting on. Mm. I don't that, know. Clint could also maybe been, I could buy that. Maybe yeah. I mean that's I mean that's what they feel. I, I could also see Clint was just maybe he was really drunk too. Like how much does he remember mm -hmm. of the night? Sure. Shit gets 
super foggy. Which is another reason for his attorney to tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because you might just start saying stuff or, or formulating these thoughts in your head that aren't true. And then you say the wrong thing to the police. Next thing you know, you're charged with. The I mean, you can presume that he drank about as much as Brian that night, right? They were the same places all night long. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't physically manifest that drunkenness the same, but yeah, he might have been just as hammered for sure. Shit gets cloudy in the studio week to week. You know what I mean? Where sure. I'm like, oh, that's an understatement. Like, I don't know what I was talking about last week. Exactly. Have you heard our trivia shows? Ask me what we covered last week. <laughs> I don't fucking remember right now. Like if someone, if you went missing today uh-huh. and someone like three days from now, they're like, okay, so tell me about the night. I'd be like, I don't know. I, I couldn't to, give you. Re- I talked into a microphone and he was sitting next to me. Yeah, I couldn't give you crazy yeah. details. You talked. You start talking to the police and you say one thing, and ten minutes later, your your recollection of that's a little different, and they start stepping on you. Like, right. oh, that's not what you're like. Yeah. yeah, I was hammered. I don't remember, and this conversation's over. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a way that he would have been able to physically, you know, any type of foul play involving Clint. If maybe Clint was in on this plan to go start a new life, like he knew about Brian's plan. He's but, just covering for him. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I don't Seems see, unlikely. I don't see yeah. you pulling that off at two o'clock in the morning when you're wasted. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. And there's no motive. There's no I mean, any reasoning really for this. If you, if you believe they were going to an argument and then... The fact that he came out and said that he was a womanizer and how he treated all girls like shit. Like, did Clint get mad that he was hitting on that Brighton girl so hard? But unless he but killed him kill in, someone? in the bathroom, then bartenders would have seen it. Like, right. Uh, yeah, I it's know. It's not a huge like, place. With I keep going back to the point of the surveillance footage. If he is dead, somebody hacked his body up and put it in trash bags that were taken out in surveillance... To the point where nobody suspected anything, right? That is the only way he would have been murdered in this bar. Yeah, see, I think he probably walked out of this bar and someone didn't. Like, I don't buy that this surveillance stuff covered every second of every angle of every door. I just don't think that, like, from what I've looked at, people have said that there were other doors, there's other angles that wouldn't have been caught on surveillance day. So there is other doors. Because I'm not sure that the statement that we saw every bit of tape at every door. I'm not sure that that's a hundred percent accurate. I feel like the only plausible scenario here is that he just stumbled out of here at some point and it wasn't on surveillance camera and then whatever happened to him after he left this place. But But if there's only two doors out, so you're saying there's just a lapse in surveillance footage somewhere. Yeah. Like I think one of these cameras was a panning surveillance camera you know, left to right for the ugly tuna. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the other ones that, what about the other surveillance cameras from other establishments that were on those doors? I don't know. We're surveillance 20 years ago with these cameras. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's possible that maybe he got out of the bar somehow. He's not still in the bar. bar. (laughs) Sure. Of course. Right. He's not in the bottom of the ice machine, just frozen down there as they're scooping ice to make, uh, cocktails yeah. after this so i think he probably just walked out and it wasn't the camera didn't catch it i don't know that's the most likely explanation in my opinion but the police but, were so certain that they tracked down every 
like yeah. watched so much time yeah. that they were like, I, I could I saw this person leave, this person come in and just go through all like all the surrounding businesses too. I, like they got I to know. the point where they said the only thing that could be possible here is that he changed his clothes in the bar when he went back in and then walked out in different clothes. Which yeah. is just insane as well. Because he didn't come in with anything. When you see him come in yeah. originally that second time when he's coming up the escalator with Meredith and and uh, Clint, he came out of that bar. He somehow. came out of the bar. <laughs> well, of Clint's course, still he there, did. Which is why he didn't get carried out in a bag. Like I, I think like, he, but reading the notes and and from what I understand about this case is that bases were covered. Yeah. So he's only way he's getting out of that bar is chopped up in a trash bag. I don't. There wasn't enough time to do that. It was fourteen minutes. That's not well, possible. no, well, but we don't know if he was body was hidden somewhere. He could have been locked in a bathroom until the bar was closed. You're right. 14 minutes till Clinton Meredith left. You're right. Yeah. Like, did he stay what? afterwards longer talking to that band or somebody else? And then something went awry then. But it but, also <laughs> like I didn't necessarily I I was reading the notes thinking that believing that the security footage was a hundred percent checked. I didn't know there was the oscillating cameras or whatever. It was. They're saying it was a hundred percent checked. I've read reports from people who have been in there and said that there were other doors and it was but like it was doors a that camera. like go to other bars or other ways he could have got out of there that wouldn't have been caught. Maybe they're lying. Maybe it's just made up, whatever. I just, you know, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know. There's a theory about the smiley face murders that gets brought up to New York police detectives, uh, retired ones, and a criminal justice professor came up with the smiley face murders. Uh, they say that a series of 45 young men that, uh, that had all accidentally drowned between the 1990s and 2010s were actually murdered by a serial killer or maybe multiple serial killers. Yeah. Um, the smiley face thing came up from graffiti around where bodies were, you know, mm -hmm. according to them, dumped and found. The FBI doesn't take that seriously. They said that there's no credible evidence, but it's not like these guys are, you know, I don't know. Was there a smiley face found somewhere? No, no. but he fits the age, he fits the profile uh, of. But there was no smiley face found anywhere. No. Or a body. Right, all the smiley well, face. Right, but right. I'm just like, it's just a weird Mm. I guess that's a stretch theory then. It is a very I thought maybe theory. they saw a, a smiley face somewhere and they were like, oh, this could be connected. No, I think it just he fits the age and the the profile you know, of it. Yeah. Okay. Loop them into that, but no body, no smiley face. Right. I mean, those are the two that get brought up the most, or that he's still alive and uh the smiley face murders. It just seems like there's a dead end at every theory. Like, even given the he took off to start his own life, we've discussed this. It's 2.30 in the morning. You're drunk as fuck. That's not the time you're going to do it. If you're going to take off, you're probably going to kayfabe that you're drinking all night, fool people maybe a little bit, and then take off. You're not going to actually be drunk. Dave, you said you watched the surveillance footage. He looks pretty hammered. He looks like a stumble. Stumbling, right? Yeah, I think That's so. That's not when you're going to start rebuilding your new life. No, that doesn't make sense. You're not going to get anywhere. But at the same time, you didn't. we didn't see you leave the bar. There's no time for someone to fucking murder you. It's a crowded area as, you know, closing time. 
I, I don't know. I think he left somehow. I, I feel like in these cases where we're struggling to figure out what happened, that if we actually did find out what happened, the, the actual like specific events, you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I see that now. That, that makes sense how we could miss that and how that could happen. So like it's nothing paranormal. It's not supernatural. No, I, I it wasn't, you know, I don't think he got chopped up in the building. But if you say he left then, he was drunk. He decided, oh, I'm going to jump out this window. And then decided to start, decided to start his new life. No, I think he probably didn't know what he was up to. Maybe walked over to the river. Maybe got an altercation with people. I, who knows what happened after he got out. But I, I think but even he that's did. That's such a weird coincidence. Like that he just mysteriously left the bar and then happened to get into a situation I that agree. night. And they said the, so it's weird for sure. <clears throat> The police said they looked at surrounding areas. Like maybe he got into the car with somebody else down the street. Like, yeah. If they had enough surveillance, they had I a, find it weird that they wouldn't have seen him anywhere. They had enough surveillance to watch him walking back to the ugly tuna. The first from the right. last part, like they followed. Like what their if he stops. went out a window? What if he was just drunk enough that he jumped out a window? Yeah. But then where did he go after that? That right. not a single surveillance camera picked him up. It's weird for sure. We have that weird case at the at the baseball field of a few years back. Remember that guy at the country concert just disappeared in like yeah. the garbage dump, yeah, type thing. And it did, something just came up recently about that. They, they just reopened, they reopened again, the case. Same kind yeah. of weird thing. Like he's just gone, like with his friends hanging out. And it was at it's at Progressive Field, yeah. which is where the the Guardians play. Yeah. It was a concert that night, and. This guy went missing. They ended up finding, but they found his body though, right? Yeah, in the dump, like down the chute. They just couldn't explain how we got. They couldn't there. explain how we got. Didn't make there. any sense. And you would think there would be surveillance footage, but I guess this place, this part, wasn't on footage. And it was like it's not just something you're going to jump into. Yeah, like, I guess if it's not really the same thing. I they found his body, so yeah. that's not really great. But still, they thing, but they said it was an accident like they couldn't figure it out but now they initially said it was an accident and again this is a situation though where if there was a confrontation you got sixty-five thousand people in this place somebody would have heard or seen a confrontation yeah it seems odd that things took place like that and right and then nobody explainable yeah witnessed it or no it's almost like he like was being sneaky and jumped into it Mm-hmm. Whereas if there was an altercation, people would have noticed. And he wasn't hacked up. He wasn't thrown down in a trash bag. But we've all, we've all been drunk at the baseball game. No one's ever said, hey, I'm going to dive in the garbage chute. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense. No. Well, we go to Cleveland sports games. It is a garbage chute, right? Like, come I, on. They, they reopened it as like investigating foul play. Okay. That makes sense. It's not there. Yeah, it's not considered an accident anymore. Do we know where that shoot is? We've been there a few times since. I'd like to go see that next time we go. I, I'm not sure, yeah. We've all been there since. Yeah. Lots yeah. of times. I'd like to go see that. We'll get a picture in front of it. Opening an investigatory. <laughs> That'll be our post. <laughs> the latest update on Brian's case or the most recent thing that's happened in 2019, a picture of an American homeless man in Tijuana, Mexico, started going around online because... It looked like Brian or could have been him because the FBI has put out um, like the age progression photos and stuff. Columbus police reached out to the FBI to see if they could look into it. They ran a facial recognition software on the picture and determined that it wasn't Brian. So 
the tip line's still available for him at one eight seven seven six four five eighty four seventy seven. Uh, they have his official description from that night. Brian Schaefer has been missing since April 1st, 2006. At the time of his disappearance, he was 27 years old, six foot two, and weighed around 170 pounds with brown hair and hazel eyes. He has a black fleck in his left iris and a tattoo of the stick figure from Pearl Jam's Alive cover on his right shoulder. That's pretty cool. He normally wore wireframe glasses, but did not have them with him the night that he disappeared. When he was last seen, he was wearing jeans, a long sleeve white shirt, a green striped polo, and white Adidas sneakers. Seemed like a guy that had everything going for him in life, and there would be no reason for him to run away. Yeah, unless his mother's death affected him a lot more deeply than anyone realized, and... And if he, I don't know, some sort that, of psychotic he, break, and he's just like, he, I have to leave here. And but the that if he, night, if he was a womanizer, did he cheat on his girlfriend, and he didn't like himself because of it, and that mixed with his mom's death? But even then, the cameras—if there's that many cameras and that much surveillance—or was this a case of the cops saying we checked everything, and and maybe there were some maybe gaps or loopholes? Yeah. I think it's going to be like what you said, Dave, that if it ever is solved, it's like, oh, that makes sense. There's going to be some blind spot in a camera, something that he just was happened to walk through the right spot at the right time and wasn't detected. I think that's exactly right. And then, yeah, from there, but even that happened to him. Was it premeditated or was it? Was it a murder? I was think he drunkenly stumbled was out. It, right. But, but the, then did he fall into the water or did he fall into something he shouldn't have seen? Did he mess with the wrong people? Any, like, any of the above. I like feel like maybe he went. Like that back. might be a part of it, but that doesn't solve what happened. No, it doesn't solve what happened. But I think what makes this the big mystery is that no one could pinpoint him leaving the bar. And I just think that's. A, yeah. That's the biggest X factor in this whole thing. Yeah. Because then that makes the whole difference as to what happened, right? That's like, what makes it a mystery. You sure. see him just walk right out. You think nothing of it. Yeah. yeah. If he walked out and then disappeared, then it's like, well, we could start going it's down. Still other, a mystery. But yeah. Yeah. This is just, it, it's so weird. 14 minutes. That, in 14 minutes, the guy's just gone forever. The fact that there is no surveillance of him leaving the bar or anywhere in the city and the fact that there's no body recovered is just crazy. Yeah. We're yeah. telling half a story and then being like, figure it out, motherfuckers. Yeah. Imagine if they if they ended up finding a body at the bottom of uh, whatever water. You still have to connect the dots. We don't even have that much. Sure. We literally have half a story and we're like, okay. That's what makes it so strange. There's also some stuff um, on Reddit about other cell phone pings and stuff like that. I didn't, I couldn't find anything definitive other than people just debating it. So yeah, I don't know. There's a a ton of theories and different ways. Everyone's got their own theories. Yeah. And different ways he could have got out. People, you know, get into the other businesses around there. Um, I read there was a tunnel to Mexico under the building. That makes sense. That's how he got to Tijuana. Columbus to Tijuana. <laughs> Been down that road. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever know what happened to him, unfortunately. No, probably not. But I think, yeah, like like we said a little bit ago, 
it'll probably be some there's some way he's slipped through the surveillance cameras and then, not on purpose no drunkenly slipped yeah. through and just happened to walk through the one place that there would be a blind spot and then right I, I, yeah i, I don't know they were pouring somebody i don't know they were pouring like, concrete in that construction site i know the cadaver dogs didn't hit on anything but is it possible that he was drunk and fell in there and they just put, put concrete over him and someone he was like i'm not gonna bring up the fact that i just did that the cadaver dog was wrong on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's <laughs> true. So, but they weren't pouring concrete at 2 o'clock in the morning. No, but like the next like couple of days. But maybe yeah. just could he have drowned and, or I guess it wasn't freshly poured, but fallen and not been seen. I don't know. And someone did that and like, I, maybe that's a possibility, but you know what? I'm not even going to say bring it up. Anything's possible, sure. I don't know. A weird yeah. mystery, but I don't think we're going to ever get some closure here. Mm-mm. If there was any other way out of the bar, though, would that not have been discovered or been discussed by somebody? What like, do you mean? other than just the two doors, <clears throat> which they allegedly watched all the footage of. But outside those doors is where the, the cameras were were rotating. So outside the, the main door mm-hmm. is where the escalator is. You yeah. can see all that. The There is not a camera on that side door. Like the ugly tuna does not have a camera on that side door, but establishments across from there have cameras that would have picked up that construction site entrance. And I've just read comments from people that are familiar with it. It says some of those cameras were panning cameras. So that so always lends to the true potential. Sure. sure. Yeah. So if the camera panned this way, he at the right moment, he time. walked out and tripped and right. fell. Yeah. And even then, that only solves a part of the mystery. Like, oh, okay, he did leave. Yeah. That's now what he, the fuck? Yeah, that's how he got out. Yeah, yeah, now what the fuck? I mean, obviously he got out. Yeah. We don't know how that happened. He's not but still ha- inside that building happened, to this though. day. Yeah, it happened. I don't think The Clint real mystery is what happened after. Yeah, I, I don't think Clint did anything. Yeah. He might just be an asshole who listened to his lawyer, you know? an asshole yeah. for saying the womanizer stuff and, and took his lawyer's advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing more than that. No closure on this one, folks. No, just talking okay, this circles. Is, again, this, this is one. a half of a story. This yeah. is, that's all it yeah. is. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. I have no more theories. I don't know what happened and I uh, never will. <laughs> but what you do have is some Patreon names for us. I do have some new patrons. Thank you to new patrons, Holly Lancaster, Janelle Mira Montes, Jordan Herrera, Colby Sard, Rebecca, Heather Austin, Phil McCrackup, (laughs) Ross Rizzolino-Levy, Mouthpiece, Dank Butter, Katie Lynch, Chris, Hazy Dragonfly, Keegan, Jill Armstrong, Caden, Caitlin Bullock, Bach Nasty, Ja Rule cucked me in the back of a Yukon. Whoa. That's a sad story. <laughs> or is it an awesome story? Yeah. <laughs> Depends, yeah. You know how we do it. Feet the shoulder. <laughs> Jason Rainwater, Ruth Hyde, Nick Lowe, Richard Junak, Brandy Durock, Hala Zanati, Cameron Lowe, 
Tashiko Galanodal, Ray Atkins. Urkel does 10 units of a weed 24 <laughs> 7. I don't know what that means. I just like, I like family manners. <laughs> Juan Enriquez, Matthew Marlowe, Ryan, William Doyle Crisp, Moth Mam, come captain of the cryptid caravan, Royson's Moon, Lindsay Russell, Slasher 88, Angela Wigan, Catherine, Sean Stevens, Michael Gorham, Mike, I'm coming for your nipples, <laughs> College Mike's titty sprinkles. <laughs> what does that mean? Ryan Contigos, Abby McIntosh, Mr. Plums, GF, Zachary Anderson, Sasha Patel, Michael Glass, Kay Chipmunk, Lynn Barnes, Sarah Stankovich, Louise Danielson, Sydney Hayward, Chase Hudick, Amy Jones, dot, 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 Sean DeWeese, and Felicia Palmer. Thank you so much for your support, new patrons. Awesome. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for WTF, Jay Ferg, Gooblet, and CE Davis 13. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, anything else? I do not have anything else. Hot damn. All right. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod for all of our merch, and Necronomapod.com to keep up with the latest and get stickers. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>